I'm about to take a bite out of it. That's your ASMR, everybody. ASMR. (laughs) 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 Well, (laughs) hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Jaren. My pronouns are he, him. And my name is Heather. My pronouns are she, her. And we are your hosts of Typically Divergent Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Yay. I'm going to continue to ask this question at the beginning of every episode for like the first six months um have y'all gotten gayer yet <laughs> <laughs> i love that too i think that's pretty great we should keep reminding everyone mm-hmm. sorry for that pop that was some bubble tea bubble tea from heather at costco i love bubble tea yes guys i don't know if your costco has them as well but there's a bunch of different bubble tea options and i'm loving it i love me some bubble tea Get your, I really love um, like the tapioca pearls, mm-hmm. boba. Heather and I were talking earlier about um, some, of our, some of our favorite flavors and taro. Mm. Mm. Every time I go, they're like, Jaren, do you get any other flavor? No, just taro. Taro is really good. Yeah. I also like uh, lychee if I'm going to do more fruity mm. or because um, it's also really sweet mm-hmm. or um, Thai iced tea or Thai iced coffee with mm. boba in it. Yes. It's really good. Yes. When I used to work at Starbucks, people would call. <laughs> now you can say now, that. Now I can continue to say it. Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to work at Starbucks and people would come in and ask for um, chai tea and they would call it Tai Chi. But, uh, and you know, every once in a while you get the And person, also chai tea. Chai is tea. Chai like, is it, tea. So it's like asking for tea tea. Right. <laughs> so when they'd be like, yeah, I think get that Tai tea. And I'm like, Tai tea would be great. Yes. But we don't sell that here. <laughs> and then they get all confused because they're like they meant the chai right it's they said right i want i want peppered black tea please oh my goodness i know but their tea was that chai was mm, bussin oh i gotta tell you some funny things because i said bussin i was like wow jaren that was very gen z of you (laughs) well here's the thing so i don't okay you know how um Webster's Dictionary comes out with like a word of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me that would be so 2023 for the word of the year from the actual dictionary to be bussin. It's not bussin, but the whoever. So it's not. I don't know if it's Webster. I if anybody wants to fact check me, I'll I'll take your lead on it. The whoever is in charge of prefixes and suffixes. Let's see yes is, is an official suffix yes oh my gosh gen z celebrating everywhere gen, gen z and the gays making an impact yes um anybody out there that uh i'm speaking specifically to my future father-in-law i will not tell you <laughs> why you'd have to look it up no, sorry if, if you do uh don't <laughs> don't just google don't. it just don't don't google it um, yeah. But if you do know what it is, there's a reason why I haven't given my mom this podcast information still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure it was Nicholas that told me, but um, there's a, I think it's a cartoon in Japan um, who has been given a new name and he's a bus. Oh my goodness. And I looked at him and I went, <gasps> bussy. So it's cute. like cute but also <laughs> yeah like over here in america that is yeah uh, not gonna be all right how's your week been 
It's been pretty good. I feel like, so we talked a little bit about how I was feeling last week <laughs> or a bit. Um, so finally the headaches have gone away. So the lingering headaches oh, are pretty much gone. So that's good. I feel like I still have a little bit of brain fog. That's like more than my normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause that normal baseline is definitely always there, but, um, more than normal and, but I feel like it's been going away and I kind of feel like I'm getting back to my norm. I still have some exhaustion, ugh, exhaustion mm-hmm. after walking long distances, but I don't know. I feel like that'll go away eventually. I'm just, I, it's nice to see some improvement. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, I know that you're going to relate to me when I say this because we are very much millennials, but you with the black top, Mm-hmm. And the zebra blanket. Mm-hmm. This is very much like middle school dance. Oh my goodness, it from, is. <gasps> from blue icing. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, blue icing. I totally yeah. remember that stuff. Yeah. Prom oh dresses that looked like they should core, have been costumes. Core memory unlocked. Yes. <laughs> Walking through those stores. And it's funny because, like, we didn't grow up in the same area, but I know exactly what you're talking about by blue icing. Like, I don't even know if it was called exactly that, but it was something like that and it'd be like 500 600 for a dress that looks like it was sewn in like two hours yeah like and it is the shittiest patterns the most horrendous color combos known to man and then like add in sequins on top of it it was just like the opposite of actual fashion like like trash and ge- like trash and fashion genuine geometric pieces of fabric yes were just randomly sewn together yes. bedazzled yes with glitter glue yes and then they were sold at 20 dollars a piece yes and the kids in the midwest ate that shit up i am so thankful that my mom never let me buy anything from there like i feel I... privileged to have not actually purchased and my or my parents to have not purchased something from those stores like they let me look but uh, I could not buy from there. I always wanted to go in and, and see the dresses. Cause yeah. I was like, the God, these are so, so pretty. It's like, yeah, uh, it's like a clumsy representation of, um, like, a like an adult standard of beauty that like yes. teenagers could grasp at a safe distance. Yeah. Like you don't look too sexy, but you look like you tried. Yeah. You look like a knockoff Elvis Presley. Yes. <laughs> yes. So one of them at least still existed in the Buffalo area, like for seasonal times at, uh, at least one, maybe a couple at the malls, even when I was in college. So that's like 2010s era kind of time period, like right around there. And um, that was it was really interesting I remember I actually have a picture of it because I was like this would make for the perfect Halloween costume it was like bright blue and bright pink mixed together in like this tiny like the shortest dress you've ever seen like it it shouldn't even be called a dress but whatever and of course I'm in college and so I'm like oh my god it could be sexy cotton candy micro tutu length yes yes and I'm like I could be sexy cotton candy for Halloween and I literally said that to my friend and it was like what if I get like hot pink I'm just a cat okay hot pink tights (laughs) and I'm gonna go as cotton candy for And instead, I bought a different one on sale that was like just all pink, and I used that to be a ballerina. Did you have um, a lot of gay friends in high school or college? Um, some in college, less so in high school. Unfortunately, I I feel like 
those in high school very much still had to hide okay. who they were. Like there was, there wasn't a lot of them, at least out in the open. Okay. And it wasn't, I don't know. I don't want to like trigger any kind of negative emotions in our audience, but it, it was not a, still not in a good time okay. for people there. Okay. Well, cause it's, uh, as a gay man, I can say this. It is very easy for us to like throw something skimpy on and be like, Mm, I'm a sexy tomato. Yes. Because yes. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a red crop top and, I freaking and love red that. short, red and booty I, short. I think I'm I liked tomato. it in college because my parents were conservative. Like I would have mm. never have been allowed to do anything oh, like that. And no. I didn't go to like parties where that was like, I, I wasn't like a popular girl by any means. Like I wasn't like the least popular, like oh, everyone bullied popular. constantly, but I also wasn't popular either. Mm. And I didn't go to like, I didn't go to parties where like a lot of people were like wearing, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's really no shame, but just wearing barely anything and drinking like crazy underage. I just didn't go to those kinds of parties. Oh, okay. I was a goody two shoes girl. <laughs> well, I knew that if I ever got in any sort of trouble, the, the wrath of getting in trouble was going to be worse than the excitement that I was going to be able to experience at a party. So yeah. I did, I did not go party. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, that was, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I was too worried about my grades all the time. Cause again, I was, I was, a, I was a nerd. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But I, I, I had fun in college. <laughs> <laughs> I, I let loose in college. Yeah. Too. I definitely came out of my shell more there. When you keep your kids under your eye and under your thumb, um, I, you really, um, you get some kids that become wild adults and that was oh, yeah. very much me Yeah, too. because, and, and you also don't, because you didn't learn maybe like the consequences or like you, you didn't really understand like the self-control aspects of things. Like, oh, right, there's yeah. like more risk there too. Like I, I, I don't think that I did anything like too bad or anything, but I, I feel like I observed it in others and I could see where I myself would go down a path because I didn't learn or see or at least observe, even if you're not participating yourself, but observe some more aspects of life earlier. Yeah. Um, doing it all at a time where you have it all available to you. And then you start to have money to do those things. <laughs> and it's your parents are not there to another tell you fucking that you ball game. Have those yes. Things. That college becomes yeah. such a transition like that. And like to have it all happen at once, sometimes screws with certain people more than others right oh, yeah yeah there yeah. um i actually had a it's it's funny that we're talking about this right now because i had a conversation with myself today <laughs> about how weird it is that like at such a young age i was constantly told like it's uh it's time for you to grow up grow up grow up grow up grow up when yeah. it was like i was a kid i was a teenager oh yeah and then now that I'm an adult and I want to do things that like my inner child wants to do and they're not hurting anybody. Well, then it's, you need to grow up. Mm -hmm. This is me growing up. Yeah. Also, it actually has come back around as a thing that like people are, I don't know, like as if we don't have enough to worry about in the world and in society. And we've talked and I talked enough about that last week. So I don't want to like rehash it all. Older people who don't understand what, the younger adult experience has been in society and that concept of like always growing up, growing up and then like actually enjoying childhood things in adulthood. So there's been like this trend in articles about millennials and Gen Z people as they're getting money, like 
and savings are actually becoming like big consumers in toys and like childhood things like so you know and like are they really toys or are they also like collectible you know figures right like i know like there's a lot of people who really like anime who then collect like anime figurines or like maybe you loved power rangers so much as a kid and you're collecting old like nowadays vintage but vintage power ranger like uh my toys for like transformers things and you put them in your like room i i think there's a huge amount of people who love to do legos like that's a big one um you know and stuff like that i'm like why is this something that we need to be judging about like there's there's no judgment there whatsoever and like again you mentioned like you're not hurting anyone if you're not hurting anyone then who the fuck cares yeah it's like when nicholas talked about um let's leave guilty pleasures behind yeah it's not a guilty pleasure it's just Mm -mm. a pleasure yeah so go go drink your pumpkin spice hell yeah just be nice to your barista at starbucks yeah go drink your pumpkin spice guys yes just be nice as we said before ain't no shame in being mayo yeah i i have my basic (laughs) becky side how's your mental health these days um definitely better than last week um i'm feeling i think seeing some of the lingering symptoms of the covid start to actually like go away is reducing the anxiety in that area a little bit i think also getting out how i've been feeling and like the frustration over like i don't know just again like the country not moving forward and like mm-hmm. society not moving forward in a way that i would like it to or yeah. as fast as i would like to see progress for human rights and things like that um you know like i'm i got it out you know because like i know that i can't i can't personally make that all change today myself mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that mm-hmm. um but like just being able to get that out so that I can like then focus on like, okay, what little things can I be doing every day that I don't know, help me feel like I'm making a little bit of a difference. Right. Because we, we can only change the world by changing ourselves within. Yeah. And then sharing that positivity with the people around us Mm -hmm. and you know, like social media, it's a good and it's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but with the positivity of social media the ability to be able to reach out to more people than what we would be able to back in the days when we had phone numbers and addresses memorized. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, yeah, that we're definitely going to get into a lot of stuff. That's going to be very similar around that today. Yeah. So yeah, I, I fully understand. Yeah. I, I would never tell anybody, I don't want to tell you or anybody mm-hmm. else that sees those things. Cause I feel, I feel and see those things too. And I'm like, uh, like I really let them get me down and that's okay for a period of time at some point when it, really starts to inhibit your day-to-day life mm-hmm. then it's like okay now I got to focus on me yeah and that's mm-hmm. that's something that I think I had to do too right yeah. like it was like boiling over into feeling it to the point where it was just getting me down so intensely right so like yeah. needing to just get the emotions out process them and then keep moving forward because at the end of the day that's sort of what we can do yeah what about you though? How are you feeling? Girl, I be doing feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> I be feeling, that engaged life now. Uh, oh my gosh, I be feeling so good. Um, I had my appointment with my therapist on Wednesday. I went in and told her exactly what I wanted to tell her. Maybe not everything because there were some parts I kind of left out. I I got very much like ADHD 
when I was talking to her, I was like all over the <laughs> Hyper place. Hyper focusing and then moving to this and then moving to that. But like, yeah. I mean, that happens. <laughs> I should know. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, I was like, man, I kind of left some parts out. There's one thing that she pointed out. She's like, the timeline seems kind of odd here. Where did all of, what, like, what was the chain of commands here? And I'm like, all right, you're right. I'm so sorry. Let me start over. <laughs> Let this, me write it down for you. Yeah. Send it to you in an email. Yeah. <laughs> and I told her that uh, moving forward, we're just going to do once a month maintenance appointments. And I know that if anything comes my way, I've got the tools that I need and I'm still a human being. And if I need to reach out to her and... Um, I also know that not having a scheduled appointment every week means that if there's the possibility of a quote unquote mental emergency, mm-hmm. nothing life threatening. But if I needed to see her right away, I might not be able to see her for a couple more days to a week. And I was like, I'm willing to do that versus coming in and not I, I, I was like, not like being rude, but like. I feel like we're kind of like wasting our time if we do once a week. She goes, oh, you don't need to be here once a week. And well, I was like. that was probably nice to hear. Yeah, it was. Like validating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh, my extra free time, now that I'm not working at Starbucks anymore, um, I have been getting up between 7 and 7.30, okay. 8 o'clock. And I give myself one to two hours first thing in the morning of just straight creativity uh, my quality of life. I mean, it's only I been a couple days. I love that for you. I want that for myself and I love that for you. And I am, ah, uh, that's awesome. Girl, you can so have tell, it. Tell me a little bit about it. So, um, well, I just started on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Okay. So tell me all the details for the last like what? Three two days. days. Yeah. Um, uh the my diamond dots over there oh my god diamond dot so, meditation morning yes yeah, so i, I don't know I, I know uh folks if uh if you are a human being during the pandemic that <laughs> knows what diamond dots are because they took <laughs> over the world when the pandemic hit paid um, by numbers to diamond dots. yes someone bought me my first one and then i hyper focused on it finished it and then um bought two advanced level ones which the one up there is a buddha um i know there's no camera here but i have a buddha i love that one i do too that one took me like six months and then i was Mm. like all right so that one over there is four foot by four foot i started on it two years ago when i was at the house on ellen avenue and Mm -hmm. then i was like i'm gonna have this finished before i move out of canterbury i moved that project to canterbury it sat underneath (laughs) it sat underneath one of these chairs that was in my bedroom Mm -hmm. and it sat there for an entire year i moved it here that sounds like me Uh so much with trying to be creative i was talking about that last week and wanting to do that more okay but i was like i'm not willing to like throw it away or give up of course not it looks i mean yeah it it will look so precious it's the it's the entire zodiac wheel I was wondering if it was something like that or like I saw at the top and I was wondering if it was kind of like the like more of like the elephant type thing. I couldn't I couldn't tell what it was going to look like. But mm-hmm. that is OK. Now I'm seeing cancer. OK. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so okay. I started on one side and then I was like, huh, what's that word? I stuck back and I went cancer. Oh, OK. Well, that threw me down a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're like, well, let me think about my la- my past here. Yeah. No, yeah. and putting that away. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, is the universe trying to tell me this is how I'm going to die?" <laughs> no. Having some more self discipline. What I continuously do is like, oh, when I'm at the salon, like, oh, I'll take care of podcast stuff when I'm at the salon, and like sometimes I do have the time to do that, mm-hmm. but that's not my environment of wanting to do work for this. Yeah, it's so, not like a. 
it's a hard place to be in that mindset, right? Like, yeah. well, I feel like if I'm sitting at a, if I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of other people that are also being productive, doing work on their digital devices, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be more apt to doing it. But when I was, yeah. when I work on stuff at the salon, I mean, I have my set, my station, I can set up my laptop and stuff and I can work. But every 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Um, I want to go pee mm-hmm. or I need to step away from this and like distract myself for five minutes. And it's like, I don't get any work done. Yeah. 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 But when I'm here in the studio, then I get it done doing podcast work after a day of work when I'm already like emo- mentally tired, like most people are, yep. all I want to do is be creative. Yep. And then, so then I have to like be like, all right, like, do I do more work or do I do something that like is really going to help wind me down? Yep. That sounds like me. Podcast always came first. And so now I can still find time to do something creative throughout Mm -hmm. the day. I was going to try doing work in the morning, but no, no, no. no. I want to kind of like listen to other podcasts or music and like have some quiet time and just kind of like put my face down in that that's me too even on the weekends if we have like if spencer and i have plans to do stuff i always like ask that we start by like i don't want to do like have coffee and get to work i want to have coffee and sit down and like play an hour of video games or watch a show with him or like you know something like that like saturday morning cartoon feeling kind of thing like you want that for yourself just before you get going and i'm just not a morning person so completely get that I can be a morning person if I have the desire to be doing something. Yeah. For me, it would have to be something like really effing awesome. Like traveling. Yeah. And like yeah. going somewhere cool for traveling, not somewhere shitty. Like like not having to travel for something. Like I'm going literally to this cool vacation destination. Traveling for fun, not traveling for work. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Like that morning when I went to Lowe's at six and went and got paint. I was feeling like a stud muffin because I was I was with the there men getting paint. <laughs> I was so excited. I like I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna go get paint with the straight men. Oh my god, you weren't feeling light in your loafers that moment, I, huh? I was, you were feeling heavy in them boots, yep. bitch. <laughs> yep. And I, bitch, you know I wore this those. Is me boots. getting gayer for 2023, guys. Get gay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god, that's so cute. And then, and then he gets in his car, and Bejeweled by Taylor Swift comes on. <laughs> <laughs> also, that makes Jump me think the of the diamond, the freaking, the freaking diamond uh, stuff that you I are know. doing, like too. I know. <laughs> Shimmer. Like, so, so, well, what are you here for? I'm, I'm here for some uh, uh, Royal Oak by Valspar. Oh yeah, you want that uh, satin finish eggshell? You want gloss? Can I get a semi gloss? <laughs> <laughs> Full gloss. I want it. I want it to look sweating. Glossy. Glossy. <laughs> sweating. Oh. <laughs> I want the, oh. the reference to the the ussy thing came back to oh my god. So uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going full circle. Uh, okay. Uh. Out of both of us, um, Heather did not draw a tarot card for this week, which is totally <laughs> yeah. fine. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I did. However, mine really pertains to part two. So I will discuss my tarot card next week. Mm-hmm. This week, we are talking about manifestation, the laws of attraction and power of thought. We are probably going to throw up some disclaimers up along as we go. Please note that uh, neither one of us are in a medical position to diagnose anybody of any specific thing. 
um, nor are either of us neuroscientologists to be able to back up this information other than the fact that we have personal experience with Mm -hmm. aspects of today's topic. We did a lot of research, so I'm going to jump right into it. And everything that we talk about today is going to be in uh, the episode's description Mm -hmm. for resources. Originally, we were going to talk about manifestation, um, and so then it turned into another deep dive of research. So we're going to wrap it all up. Manifestation starts with understanding the law of attraction, a popular book and or movie that discusses and explains what that is, is all is commonly known as the secret. Essentially, if you are focusing your energy observations or desires on specific reasoned events or things that you want to come to you, that you have the ability to bring those to you. Just like if you are out there giving the world a bunch of negative energy, you're going to receive that back. However, there is some misconception about the secret, and I'm going to directly read from an article from VeryWellMinded.com about why the secret was um, is now today a bit problematic. Also, real quick though, yes. like, do you remember that from like when we were kids, and like everyone yes. was obsessed with that, and was like, "What's the secret? Do you know what the secret is?" And like, it would be like plastered all over Barnes and Noble. Yes, and like then they made a movie about it, and then it came out like, "Why was everyone so wrapped up in this?" Almost like it really was like cult behavior. Like, parents were into it, we were into it. Like we were like middle school ish age. It was very intense. Like it took, it took the U.S. at least by storm. And it was looking back on it, it's, it's a little problematic. <laughs> it was. So this is a quote from VeryWellMinded.com. One problem with the book, such as The Secret, as well as with some people's interpretation of law of attraction, is that it suggests it's the belief that good things will come to us that will bring us all that we desire without any sort of action behind that belief, which is really ironic because last week when Heather and I were talking about, uh, like when I told her, it's so nice to know that I can have the things in life that I want to have, but I still have to work for it. Like you, you can't just have clean clothes. You still have to have to do the laundry. Correct. So that's essentially where it was coming from. It is the optimistic viewpoint that drives proactive behaviors that in turn bring optimists such great results in their lives. Optimists don't receive their benefit from their attitudes alone. It's the behavior. The attitudes inspire that create real change. In order for beliefs to affect behavior, it is important to also have things such as goals, mindfulness, commitment, motivation, timelines, challenges, and support. Critics of The Secret and other books about the law of attraction also point out the very real concern that people may start to blame themselves for negative events that are outside of their control, such as accidents and injuries, layoffs due to financial downturn or major illnesses. So some yeah. things you, there are some things that you very well have control over. Yeah. And there are some things that you don't have control over. You can't just be like, this is going to come my way, but I'm not going to put any effort into doing it. I'm just, I'm just saying that it's, it's going to happen. You have to believe it's the intentions that you put into the stuff and it's the actions that follow through. Like what kind of goals are you going to have to get to that point? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't just like wish millions to come into your life. Although the other day I did share something on Facebook that was like, share this and you'll get 
money in your bank account in four months. And I was like, eh, I'm not taking any chances. Let's share it. <laughs> the freaking email mass chains uh, that used to go gosh. out through AOL. We can't always control our circumstances, but we can control our responses to them. In this vein, the law of attraction can provide the optimism and proactive attitude associated with resilience in difficult situations, but it must not be used as a tool to self-blame. I think that is absolutely beautiful. Um, I know a couple episodes ago we were talking, I I know if I I didn't talk about it on the podcast, I know I talk about it with Heather a lot, Um, Mm -hmm. but my ability to be able to respond instead of react and growth is being able to respond instead of reacting yep granted i had to do some really tough therapy to get to that point and it is still work every day folks um just because i went through some really intense sessions doesn't mean that like i'm completely fixed and i told that to my therapist this week i was like i'm not saying i'm healed but um i I'm feeling pretty good. And she was like, if you're healed, I'm going to need you to write that in quotes and leave that as like a Google review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Thank you, therapy. Uh, something that I wanted to note on that. It's okay to also still not be okay. It doesn't mean you're also failing at bringing about positive things in your life. Correct. Um, there are things that are out of our control. And it, it's really important if you're going down this path of talking about um, a law of attraction that we're going to get into a little bit more and then eventually manifestation that um, we're not about the toxic positivity, not this good vibes no. only bullshit. You still have to recognize the negative things in your life and process through them and get through them to achieve sometimes the goals that you want to achieve. And I think that's kind of like that evolution of this thought process from like the secret that was like, you know, early two thousands to like, okay, where are we today when this has come back up in popularity? Uh And we were talking about that a little bit before we got started. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is that in regards to things that are out of your control, I think I personally thought a lot about this when I was reading through what you had researched as well as looking for myself was that it doesn't mean that you deserved any form of abuse or traumatic event to happen. No. Trigger warning a little bit for abusive or, you know, toxic relationships here just for a moment. But, you know, I've done a lot of work in therapy about it has racked my brain a lot in the past of like, I'm a smart girl. I've done all these things and I do this thing. And then why did I attract a string of abusive relationships Mm -hmm. throughout pretty much all of my twenties throughout like 10 years of my life? And like, what's wrong with me? What did I do? Like, and you know, part of therapy was looking back through to see different aspects of myself, my upbringing, things that are, well out of my control, but things that still made me who I am Mm -hmm. that might have attracted perhaps that type of person, but that it's not still, it's not my fault. No. And that it's, I don't deserve, I never ever deserved any of the physical or mental abuse or being cheated on or any of those other things that happened. And at the same time, even though I didn't deserve that, I am definitely going to use that to elevate myself to 
keep moving forward and right. to become an even better person than I already was before right. and to learn from that to not attract those kinds of people in my life anymore. Right. But that doesn't mean that it was my fault. Right. That's how, so, and there is a part later down in the research where I do bring up about how my therapist had this written on her whiteboard when I walked in. The events that were going to happen to you were going to happen to you anyway. Yes. To it's, Yes, to a point. To, yes. a, to a point. Yes. Yes. It's the lessons that you learn from that, mm-hmm. that you really sit there and say, this is how this changed me. And I mm-hmm. can either allow it to destroy me mm-hmm. or I can grow from it. So when we yes. say, when, when we as humans say, well, I am this way because of these reasons, it's more positive to say this is the this is the person that i am today because of these events that changed me because you are a better person today because of what you learned from those versus i'm a shitty person because shitty things have happened to me yes that's not the way to do things and that's where that toxic positivity comes into play and like forcing people down this like we always talk about it but the black and white path versus this true gray area of addressing both sides of things to get to the positive right you know whenever possible so yeah no these are some really good points so sorry go ahead no you're good um i did have one last quote from that website your responses to the challenges you face can make you stronger in that way the law of attraction can be useful when it encourages such strength However, it should not be applied negatively or it can be more destructive than helpful. That was really nice. I I really like that. I just I'm sitting here and the more like I'm actually talking about it in the moment for this podcast, I'm just thinking like of my own journey and the things that I've gone through and like finding ways to say like it is okay that these things sucked, but like this is where I want to be and this is what I'm going to do. And like Mm -hmm. I actually like have made a lot of those things happen like high five yeah i'm really happy and i'm happy for you too yeah particularly with like the journey with getting into healthier relationships um for you know for a partner Um, oh yeah knowing what bad relationships look like and knowing what you do and don't deserve yeah as humans you'll never really know the peaks unless you know the valleys yeah And, and exploring the why too so that i can know Oh, how I can like find exploring the why find the red flags, but also the green flags and people and better identify those things. And then if I have the why again, not that it's, it's definitely not my fault, but like, how can I, I don't know, adjust a little bit so that I can make sure that I can like say no to those people, you know, and again, like identify those things. So Yeah, I'm just thinking on this as you're like reading and like listening and taking this in, but as it relates to my own experience. So yeah. I hope that others are able to do that too as they're listening. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, changing your energetic mood is different than just changing your thoughts. This universe won't provide you with the positivity that you think that you deserve just because you speak it. Oh, Lord, do we know that? <laughs> you must embody yaddy, yaddy, the positive energy. <laughs> In order to change your vibrations, it is key that you are aligned with your energy, thoughts, and feelings. This is also similar to the importance of changing your own environment. Mm -hmm. So um, mindfulness is really coming into play there. Yes. A a shaman once taught us when you're having uh, negativity come to you, the ABCs, acknowledge it 
bless it, and then release it. <gasps> yes. Mm-hmm. I yep. That's been like a key point of the- themes for um my craft for yep. for witchcraft. Yep. Um, I I have seen that as a primary theme in a lot of it. So. Yep. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. All right. So. In order for us to really understand manifestation, let's discuss the seven laws of attraction, which is where manifestation kind of not really originated from, but there is a bigger part to the science behind the manifestation other than just the science. There's also how attraction works. Yeah, I kind of thought it like it's a it's a metaphysical and spiritual theme, right? Like in like a philosophical aspect the following information is <laughs> I, I typed this out the following information is half my interpretation half direct quotes from the blog by jack canfield jack canfield has been teaching entrepreneurs and educators for over 40 years and is the originator of the chicken soup for the soul series and as soon as i saw that i said oh yep okay i remember this that. is a, this is exactly around the time of the secret yep when this it was is coming old school out. mm-hmm um, and has trained and certified over 2,700 students to teach his content and methodology in over 107 countries around the world. So number one, um, the, which is the law of manifestation, um, your thoughts and feelings and how they can shape your reality. Starting with affirming words is a great way to start reshaping your thinking. On a personal note, I really liked the I am app and I have it downloaded on my phone. Hmm. I downloaded that um probably around the time when my mental health really started to decline um, around March or April of last year Mm -hmm. when the trauma really started to resurface. Okay. And and I was seeking everything that I could to start. It was almost like I knew what I was going to be doing without knowing that that would be the key to getting me out of that trouble, which was I started with um, any sort of uh, positive affirmation, even if they were silly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to get past like the silliness of like also speaking it out loud or like whatever yeah. in front of the mirror, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if yep. anybody is interested, I don't know how safe the app is. It is free, but um, it's just called I Am. Um, it's on my phone and I you can set up as many different random affirmations or you can create your own. Um, it can come up as often as you want. And every once in a while, I'll like be scrolling through my phone and I'll just like stop and I'll go to my homepage and it'll give me one. And I'm like, I really needed that for this moment. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So you can bring them back up. Yeah. And That's I'll sit cool. there with Nicholas and I'll be like, I'll be smiling. He goes, what's going on? I'm like, this, this little word of affirmation is perfect for this moment. So even something really small when, and unfortunately with technology, if it does it for you, then it makes it easier to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And for me, that was my journey was having something tell me at random times throughout the day, different ones. And even if I didn't believe it, I still said it out loud. And Good. then there were, there were ones that like I truly believed and I would like feel it in my heart. And over time they do become easier and it yeah. starts to change your mindset. Yeah. And like the ones that you feel already, those are the ones that are like, you already believe in for yourself and the ones that it's like, you know, objectively multiple people have told you this, but like maybe you don't believe it. And then as you start to feel that more, you can like tell that it's, it's working that you're genuinely feeling it for yourself. Yes. That's, that's awesome. And there is a science behind that and we will hit that up on next week's episode. Yay. So number two is the law of magnetism. This states that all of the experiences in your life and you have with other people, opportunities and things can and will shape who you are as a person and is a result of the energy you put out into the world. 
So right there, what you're putting out into the world is what you're going to get back. And the experiences that you have are going to shape you. And it is up to you to figure out how you want that to shape you. And folks, Heather and I are two very privileged people in the sense that we have access to mental health professionals. Mm -hmm. And we know that not everybody does. But something that we all have access to is retraining our own brain. Mm -hmm. And hopefully something that we say here is going to help stick with somebody out there and it's going to help them get to that point because I started with the I am affirmations and then my next step was getting into therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think therapy becomes that tool that helps you like reshape the thoughts that like you still had difficulty with for yourself. I think the magnetism aspect really is where like I was hitting at earlier about like the relationships that like, the stuff that happens to you isn't isn't your fault, but like for the most part, right? Like if we're talking about someone who like didn't do anything wrong to expect those consequences, right? Like, right. you know, someone in an abusive relationship or, you know, a traumatic event happens to them and, you know, it just happens, right? Yeah. I think what that is saying is like you said is like, okay, unfortunately these things happen. We definitely have to process them mm-hmm. um, and doing so in therapy if possible, is definitely the best way to do it. But then how can we move forward and how can we move forward in a healthy way to shape our lives in the best way possible? You know, perhaps someone's life is forever changed by something that happened to them. A lot of times it is. But how can we turn that into something that is more positive rather than going down a dark path for oneself? And I think sometimes you see that in there are people who have traumatic events happen to them in childhood. Mm-hmm. And you can have like two different people who have like a similar event and one person ends up through the things that they've done for themselves, becoming a better person, maybe getting out of that family life, that bad cycle. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of millennials, especially in Gen Z, have tried to do is like breaking these negative toxic cycles that are in families saying no more to this bullshit. I'm out, um, you know, putting in those boundaries. That is awesome Mm -hmm. and then you have other people who continue down those paths and then adopt unfortunately some of the same habits that maybe their parents had or something like that and that's where I kind of see like this at play right is you know someone who two people born with the same level of privileges and disadvantages same kinds of things and they end up still in different places how did that happen and like it's a it's a combination yes of environment but also one's own actions too right yeah so number three is the law of unwavering desire the desires to receive the specific thing you want must be strong enough for you to manifest this into your life when your desire for those are weak they won't be brought to you number four the law of delicate balance in order to achieve balance (laughs) appreciation and gratitude is required the universe is comprised of balance between various forces and elements When one is able to experience true peace and joy, then the different aspects in their life are healthily balanced, which is also very true as well. So when I went to therapy this week and I told her about all the great things that were going on and she was like, I just want to remind you, don't get too all or nothing with this because I was telling her about how like beautiful life is right now. And Mm. she was like, life is still going to hurt. It's still going to suck. And I was like, oh, honey, I know. Like I'm, I'm stressing about some money right now, but like, mm-hmm. do you see me over here panicking over money? No, no, because I can handle it. Life is still going to hit us hard, mm-hmm. 
you still want to roll with the punches, but there are some punches you got to fight back with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And once you find some of that balance, and again, folks, uh, we know that a lot of this is hard work. Okay. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we are, have had and are going through it. So um, if anybody is out there is like, oh, I don't think I can do this. Telling yourself that you don't think you can do that is already putting yourself in failure. Say to yourself, I can do this. Yep. I, ha- I had something bolded down like way, way down somewhere in my notes that it was like setting your mind to like, what can I do? What, like, what do you have control rather than focusing on what you can't do? Yeah. And believe me, I struggle with that all the time yeah. still. But it's like trying to remind yourself about that can mm-hmm. be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and when the, the more things that you find that you do have control over, then the more things come into your light that are like, I have control over that too. Yeah, like you don't, I've noticed that too. Sometimes it's like if I'm so far down into like, I don't know, depression or like with the ADHD, like lacking in dopamine and feeling like you're just like in this tough cycle, like just pulling yourself out. And then like some of the other things you realize, okay, yeah, this sucks. I don't have control over what happened, but like maybe I can control this small part over here, you know, or, you know, different little things. And then it starts to add up. Now there is definitely a like a, an obsessive control aspect that can be negative. Like mm-hmm. I don't have any control of anything that's going on in my life or in my head. So I'm going to control something over here that may not be positive. That's <laughs> yeah. not, that's not what Heather's talking about. Yeah. That's what we don't want. I've definitely, I'm trying to think of like specific z- examples, but I'm sure I've been guilty of that too. <laughs> it is technically a coping mechanism. It can be healthy, but when you become obsessive, yeah, then it is no longer healthy. Yeah. So, when you are looking at the things that you want to start taking control of your life, start with the easy things like uh, your hair color, your makeup, your clothes. Those are the more simpler things mm-hmm. that you can control unless you're dating a, an asshole who says that your hair needs to be 10 feet down your back. Then, honey, dump him. Mm, not yeah. me having mm. actually that was not not me about to tell you that was one element of some of was my it? relationships. Yep. Oh. I didn't have pink hair until I got out of abusive relationships mm. for reasons. Yeah. I it was always the the blonde. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even, right. I, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even color my hair. And it always, it was always long. No heels either because I, I was too tall. Was he orig- already shorter than you? No, about the same. So that was like, that was their way to be like, well, you know, I'm the same. So like, if you could just not like, Mm. and somehow I was like, oh yeah, that's reasonable. Same height. Couples are so cute. Yeah, Spencer and I are same height, but then we wear heels, but he doesn't care. It's actually, but it like, it's actually (laughs) taken me work to get back into like the mindset of like, okay, it is like, he doesn't care if I wear heels and I'm a little bit taller than Mm -hmm. him. Like. I end up caring more, but it's carried on from like prior trauma, like yeah. stuff that like got ingrained into my head. Right. So girls can't be tall. Yeah. Honest to God, I would really You're just gonna have to like take a hammer and like put me into the ground a okay. little bit for me to be shorter then. Okay, but really like what's the weather like up there? Because the rest of us under five six have no idea what it's like. <laughs> <sighs> humid <laughs> i don't know it was musty. foggy as, yeah, <laughs> musty. it's foggy as fuck no, outside today fog is on the ground yeah no i mean it's fog comes from the ground so it's closer to the ground oh it's okay. musty down here i'm having a moment in everybody's pubes 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so the number five, the number five, number five is the law <laughs> the of number harmony. Five. We're getting into numerology, <laughs> folks. The number five comes after four before six. <laughs> it also, for me, it means a lesson. Um, <laughs> harmony is the flow of life. When one is in tune with it, everything seems to be more manageable and easier as if they're flowing with the universe, the currents of the universe instead of fighting against it. Number six, the law of right action. This coincides with the golden rule. When your words and actions reflect the positivity you bring into the world, then you will be able, you will be given the same type of positivity back. When I'm in a positive mood and I give that to people that I wouldn't normally give it to. So like when I'm out in public, that lady at the store. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I, w- I get that. I, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have positive interactions with people if I wasn't feeling good. Yes. Like you're more likely to interact with like an employer, be like an employee at a store that you're shopping at and be like, Oh, how's your day? Or like yeah. you interact with them more than like, yeah, let me just have my shit and go. You're being genuine. Being, being yeah, genuine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, because I want them to have a good day. Yeah. Like you're, you're trying to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I get that. I I like that and I I feel that as well. Yeah. So number seven is the law of universal influence. It's easy to feel small and insignificant when one starts to look at the bigger picture of the universe as a whole, uh, spelled whole with a W, but every (laughs) single, (laughs) every single one of us are part of an integral, integral part of the universe. And we each make an impact on the world by everything that we think and do. As a whole, we become part of the fabric that makes up the universe. It's important to be aware of your thoughts, feelings, and the things that we say, as well as signs from the universe, so they can demonstrate the impact of your actions and point you in the direction of your dreams and desires. Okay. The ADHD in me yeah. was like, all right, I, pull- <laughs> I pulled a chair and accidentally stopped this <laughs> I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just because you even mentioned it earlier. Is it because I said hole spelled with a, a W I, and then you I were stuck on it? I was still thinking about holes and not, <laughs> and, and, and not, and not in a wholesome W-H-O-L-E. <laughs> not in a wholesome manner. But more like, give me some of that hole. I can't. I mean, you you keep telling me to put this mic closer to my mouth. I just, you know, like it just, yeah. Once I go down that gutter, it's hard to climb back up. Okay, like it's hard for me to manifest myself out of that hole. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so okay. Also, there was a lot of like very there was a lot of very big words in that part, and I need I need to know. Thank you. Yes. See, I told you you did good. Explain to me and perhaps our audience a little bit more about how like what you think about l- law number seven. We are all borrowed energy and stardust and we are all experiencing life in through our own eyes, but all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And if we are kind to our neighbor, that energy will shift from that neighbor to their neighbor to their (gasps) neighbor. So spreading it on a, a larger level. Right. Okay. By everybody putting in that type of work, then essentially... It will grow larger. You know, it makes me think of like also what I try to tell myself when I am feeling bad about like bigger societal issues or issues with this country and like politics, right? Because again, get very passionate about that. And like a lot of people be like, oh, what can my vote do? Or what can I do as one person? But like 
you're one person. Now think if everyone else thought, thought the same way same to actually go out and vote, even on a local level or yeah. actually vote and like, um, or to organize at a grassroots level or like to unionize, right? Like in, mm. in, in variety of organizations, Starbucks. like <laughs> or standing up for somebody when you see yes. somebody getting hurt. Yeah. Those kinds of things that right influences thing. other people to be like, okay, if that person did that, I can do that too. Right. And like, if I think that I can't, then like I'm one of many that also thinks they can't. Like I'd exactly. rather be part of the one who's like, if I want to make the change, then be one of those people. Okay, sure, maybe I'm only one now, but then that becomes a bigger group the more people right. that think that way. You, Heather, are one person, but you, Heather, that talks about your experience with five other people, now that's six people mm-hmm. with the same thought. Yes. And if those, five okay. pe- if those five people share that same experience with their five people, now we're 31 people. I love that. Thinking okay. the same thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I, I really, now I understand that a lot better. Now you understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my dick is so big because I just explained <laughs> that to you. I am big in the boots. I told you. I told you did a good job with the research. Thank you. Thank you. So there are steps to using this law of attraction. Number one is ask the universe for what you want. Every thought, feeling, spoken word, or things that we read, dream about, or talk about, give the universe attention of things that you are going to receive. This is critical to being more intentional on the things that you think and say. And with time, they do become more clear and focused on what you truly do want. When you become more critical of what you are thinking about, it becomes easier to attract those things into your life. The more you think negatively about something, the easier it becomes. When you put forth the effort into changing that distorted thought into a positive thought. Mm-hmm. Which again, does take effort it, and does take time sometimes. It takes a lot of fucking effort. Yeah. A lot of fucking It's time. harder to go that way than it is to just sit on what you can't do. Right. Because pain and sadness are easier to believe you are worthy of than good things. Yes imposter syndrome yes it's almost like we had an episode about that yes Yes. (laughs) number two um believe you'll get what you want focusing on what you want is not enough though um you have to believe that it is possible too if you have doubts that those things are achievable things or that you're worthy of those things, uh, it, you'll send mixed signals out to the universe and you will be received with more mixed signals. So mm-hmm. if you don't truly believe that you are worthy of something, then you may not actually get that back. And you can also do the same with like negativity. You're not going to, if you don't truly believe that it's negative, then you're not going to get receive the same, the messages that mm-hmm. it is negative. And, I'm going to explain more on my personal experience of that in next week's episode. I like, I really don't know how else to explain my experience other than saying like, if you're trying to figure out what it is that you truly do believe, dig down deep down into your heart and yeah. connect, connect with your inner child and figure out what it is that you want and need and yeah. then build your beliefs off of that. I, I think that's really good. Especially and, like for a personal level. Yeah. I immediately went hardcore yet again to imposter syndrome on this. Yeah. Like imposter syndrome is the first thing that you reach to that like this is like on a deeper level of explaining like some of the stuff behind it that we already did in a prior episode. But again, like 
if you have doubts of yourself that like you're not worthy of the things that you're going after, you're more likely to like accept doubt from others to play down about those things. And like when push comes to shove, not keep moving forward with the stuff that you actually are qualified to do. And like you can really do it. And you knew that before, but Mm -hmm. like now you're questioning yourself. And so like there's this new uh, conflict coming into play and it invites additional conflict from others or you know maybe it's triggered by others and then it it goes into your own stuff i definitely related it to the imposter syndrome there again i would like to encourage anybody that any negative distorted thought even no matter how true it seems to be it's the louder thought of all the other thoughts. Mm. And I'm not talking about hoes over there. <laughs> I'm talking about the things that come to your head. <laughs> intrusive thoughts. It, I, like as you're describing that, and, I'm like, oh my God, intrusive thoughts. This so is a big one on this. I am speaking from a place of thoughts stemmed from trauma. That type of negativity is not real because nothing of your highest good is going to send you messages of negativity only things that are positive and of love and light come from your highest good anything that is dark and scary even if you think it is your gut feeling there is a pretty damn good chance that your nervous system is out of whack and you can't tell if it's coming from your head or if it's coming from your stomach and your stomach meaning your gut feeling so yeah trust look look into your heart and look at what you truly believe before you really start to let those thoughts get to you and i from experience that I can tell you it can get really bad and and for myself too like if you're in a a really dark place and like the intrusive thoughts and I'm talking like very severe first of all if anyone is having those please reach out uh, uh, try to get into therapy yes but also intrusive thoughts are I think a big one where like that's where you can say And this is what my therapist always told me about those because I used to have them a lot more, especially around my divorce and getting out of an abusive marriage is those thoughts don't have to be your reality. Nothing like you didn't take action on them. You didn't do anything about them. You don't have you don't have to do anything about them, and nope. you usually and you shouldn't, right? Nope. Like you, with intrusive thoughts, particularly as a category, we shouldn't. They do not have to be your reality. And like, I always had this thing, especially as like an open book type type person, where like I always felt like I had to share everything, and I think that that has to do with my upbringing and um, feeling like so intense about my own conscience. That like if I had a thought, I was supposed to tell someone because that means I'm being bad because I had a bad thought about myself. So I have to tell on myself so that I then get punished. That was literally like a thing growing up. I remember doing that myself. Yeah. And and so that was like something that she talked about that that's why like that sometimes as far back as where people, you know, have that risk of having these types of things. And she said something along the lines of like, you don't have to tell someone about that if you are able to like cope and get past it, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm telling her in therapy, but like you don't have to tell an everyday person that you had this 
you know, like very extreme thought about yourself if you're like not in a place where, you know, certainly you're not going to do those things, right? right? Like it can scare someone, right? If they have, you know, those types of negative self thoughts that are that severe. So, you know, it's important to talk about them with the right person, but getting past that and saying that, this isn't my reality and like, let's switch course here. Um, and I think of that as like the more severe format, but like also in less severe, right? Like right. anytime you're having a negative thought, you can like try to think through that and process through it. And can we change it to something else? I think it's important to, again, distinguish that versus like if you're having a red flag about a situation or mm-hmm. someone around you, that's something that like that's different right but we're talking about like negative self-talk here right number three is receive what you want this is is the final step that happens when you officially become the quote vibrational match for the things that you have been attracting into your life a way to start all of this process is to find something that you are grateful for in each day and to start to create positivity joy and love In this article, he has also some really great other insights on other ways that you can utilize the laws of attraction to achieve your goals, um, such as financial success, money, love, and positive relationships, and improving on your well-being. Some other things that can be done to start with the beginning stages of developing the healthier, more positive practices of laws of attraction can be a mood slash dream or vision board, journaling or diaries, practicing acceptance, positive self-talk, and practice identifying identifying negative thoughts. That is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, showing gratitude in the smallest of things. Visualize your goals and set a healthy sleeping schedule. Um, uh, and the whole like showing, finding gratitude in something every day. I know that sounds very like old timey, like my grandparents would say something like that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something as silly as and I, and I know that it sounds silly, but sometimes that it can be the only thing that you're grateful for. I'm, I'm grateful I had the energy to brush my teeth today. I'm grateful Dude, that... I had the energy to take a shower. I'm, I'm, I am happy that I, I found something to do something for myself. I, you know, it took being in very dark places to have gratitude for those simple things. Yeah. Because I have been in a place where I literally could not figure out how to do something that was that simple like and I and I know that that sounds awful right like talking about like oh I didn't brush my teeth you know like not brushing your teeth one day or like being so down and depressed that like you didn't shower for a couple days now like I mean thankfully you know like I also didn't go to work so like that Mm -hmm. didn't promote me from doing that and this is this is a long time ago I don't can't think of the last time I've been in that level of a state thankfully Mm -hmm. but like having been there and then like feeling so much self-hatred for that until I eventually learned yes the shame because you taught like I mean basic hygiene that should be so simple like how can that be so hard but like man when you are in a rough state that stuff is hard and I'm thankful looking back to have learned that it's okay to like it actually made me more likely to do those things by admitting to let's say like someone I cared about is like look I'm in a really tough spot right now and someone would be like okay do you want to get up and like eat some breakfast and be Mm -hmm. like no did you brush your teeth do you want to brush your teeth today like be like Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah like I should brush my teeth you know or something like having someone there to also check in on you like um I, I was very thankful for a lot of the you know 
definitely the friendships that I had through some of those Mm -hmm. rougher times. Let's normalize the fact that what Heather just shared with all of us is a normal human emotion to get to that point. It's not, it's not a great place to be in. It's not necessarily healthy by the sense of like, Oh, you're feeling that way. Yeah. We'll just keep you there. No, (laughs) no, we need, she acknowledged it and she did what she could to move forward so that she could do better for herself. So like when older people, when I say old people, like I feel like I've at least heard once in my life, aren't you happy you woke up this morning or be, be grateful that you woke up today. Oh my God. It's like, buddy at today, honest to God, I would have loved to have not woken up this morning. So don't tell me that. But what I could find something grateful in that day was that I was still able to go to my job, even though I didn't want to fucking be there. Very brief. I have to think it's going to be brief, but brief trigger warning on suicide and not not to get into it on like a deeper level. But I will never forget the day that someone told me I admitted that I was going through a, a rougher time again in the middle of having just gone through stuff with my abusive ex-husband and and getting out of that marriage okay and months later an old friend of mine had unfortunately killed themselves and someone said to me when I was trying to open up about how I was feeling and that like look if I seem off a little bit more this is what happened but I'm okay, but this is what happened. And their reply to that was like, I don't understand why anyone can do that because like, look at all you the things that we're given understand. in life. We're Look at all these things we're given in our life. And why, why are you upset? Like things are so good for you right now. And I'm like, what? I'm literally still processing through I like my that. entire, like I'm still getting, like I'm still going through my divorce. I'm still doing all of these other right. things that are terrible. And I, I was astounded. I will never, ever forget when that person said that to me. And I am not saying that any of our listeners have ever done that to anyone else. But if anyone has ever done that to you, if any, if like you've ever had that thought in your mind, please don't ever tell anyone that. But also just if someone has ever said that like to anyone else, like I am so sorry. And that is just not a way to do things. I, I can't it's remember not, where I was going with this, but you had mentioned something and it reminded me of that. And I'm like, man, I will never forget that time. And it's mm-hmm. so invalidating of someone's experience and it's so wrong. And like, I think it's cause you were talking about like the older mindset and this person had that older oh, mindset yeah. and Aren't like, you guys, you woke up today. dear Lord, if that's all you have to say, then just don't say anything at all yeah. at this point. Like, yeah. For the tail end portion of my research for this mm-hmm. episode, um, I do just have a couple quotes that I would like to leave um, everybody with. Mm. Oh okay. my goodness. So we just had to let Dozer out because he was getting hot because we were, we were so sexy in here. Mm. The universe has changed. Our life is what our thoughts make it. That is from Marcus Aurelius Anton- Antoninus. I'm going to butcher all of these folks. <laughs> this one I, I won't. I love you. I love you too. All that we are. You're Italian. You got this. <laughs> I'm Italian. I got this. Marcus Aurelius Antoninus. Oh, okay. Antoni- well, she said it like <laughs> aluminum, like no big deal. <laughs> anyway, all that we are. I am. 
I have Italian in my blood, but I have a, a white man's last name. I was raised <laughs> white. I am as mayonnaise as it gets, honey. Ugh, All that we are is the result of what we have thought. And that is from Buddha. And this last one is from Napoleon Hill. It does say like man in it. So when I say man, think of human being. What the mind of man can conceive and believe, the mind of man can achieve. In this part of my life, I'm like, yeah, he is that that is so correct. Mm-hmm. If someone ha- if now me told past me that, I'd be like, yeah, fuck right. Like I'm I'm destined to not anything that I want. You fuck right. <laughs> the you way you right. said that, I was like, yep. <laughs> Did I sound like I was really big on the boots? No, it was just like no, you just hit it. Like I could tell you felt that way. Like it was very genuine. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. I was there. Like, yeah. and I, I mean, I think I go back and forth. I, I have periods where I am more like this way. And then I'm like, hmm, I'm having, I'm struggling with this. Like I recognize it, but I've had that, like the ups and downs or the ebb and flow that I keep mentioning. Yeah. Like, but I think part of it is just like reminding myself that so that I can get back to like, changing how I'm thinking and stuff a little bit to help to help myself it's like self-care right it's like it really is what we're talking about is really a form of self-care oh yeah the power of thought people pay therapists to get them to talk to them about these things we are giving you some tools yes do with it as you wish correct and just know that it's just from our experience that these things have worked (laughs) because we put in a lot of effort Yes, that's true. I do have some positive affirmation stuff that we can talk about. We talked about how this is really like a lot of self-care, self-love. So positive affirmations um, can be used as a tool that we've kind of talked about casually around the whole aspect and all the research that you did um, about basically formats to kind of force yourself into this more positive mindset, at least about yourself. Um, It puts focus on bringing positive things into one's life, um, helping to change negative thinking patterns and putting manifestation that we're going to talk about next episode um, of those positive outcomes to work. You know, big things that helps with self-doubt, self-sabotaging, self-sabotaging, which is, that's been a big thing that has gotten talked about in like I don't know, social media circles over the last few years. Like it's really become like a buzzword thing. Yeah. And I just want to let people know that glamorizing mental health problems like this is not cute. And for those of us who have a history of self-sabotaging half the time, we do know that we're doing it, but we just don't believe that we deserve positivity. So we continue because it's all we know. Yeah. And it's until you change that behavior. And it's like, sure, it can be casual, but like self-sabotaging can get really serious and become a thing where like you literally are hurting your own life because you are in such a negative state that you are, you are almost having like, I don't want to say imposter syndrome. Cause again, that is not a mental health diagnosis in itself as we learned in a prior episode, but yeah. it's kind of like telling yourself that you're not worthy of things so much that you are just going down this dark path and just reci- like recycling in your head. Those really negative thoughts the sometimes even those intrusive thoughts that get so bad um, and not being able to come out of that. And then to the point where like it does actually become sort of 
your fault about like a you know perhaps a failed relationship because mm-hmm. you just can't get out and I, like and i don't want to see say and i shouldn't say like fault um but there's contribution there right like there's a point where it takes two in a relationship or something like that. Right. It's not saying that like, Oh, like really bad, but just like something might fall apart. Sometimes those things happen, but positive affirmations can be a way to help with that. Um, it, It definitely helps you to believe in yourself. It can remind you to open up to a broader perspective of yourself. It has actually been shown to help with stress, increase mental well-being, and even improve academic performance um, in a variety of studies. Speaking of self-sabotaging example that I gave, it can help with one's relationships as well. So, you know, doing positive affirmations doesn't just help you, but it can help, you know, you help yourself in relationships with other people. Um, so I even mentioned career. It can help with imposter syndrome type feelings because I think I even mentioned in that episode, giving positive affirmations helps with that, um, potentially building and strengthening certain neural patterns in the brain, which I know you talked about you want to get into next episode. So you can say them out loud in your head. You can write them down. Um, Saying them out loud may seem silly, but it is said to be quite helpful. Um, The key is to be intentional and really believe in it. Um, So if you're not in a place where you can really say it out loud, certainly writing it down, opening that up, thinking it, visualizing it, believing in what you're saying, whether that be like before you go to bed or first thing before you wake up. I personally like positive affirmations more on the first thing when I wake up because I'm not a morning person and it cannot kind of get me in that more positive mood, give me the energy to get going. But saying them out loud has been shown to be potentially more helpful because it's like it's forcing additional connections. Yeah. I can't say that I know that for sure. I don't know how the brain 100% works, but... <laughs> Look at me dead in the eyes. I am not a medical professional. I can tell you that is exactly how that works. Yeah. that I mean, I find that it works better for me. Like if I if someone forces me to say something out loud, okay, put it this way. As a person who can outsmart myself, I like to say that I can outsmart myself in bad negative ways that like if I'm just reading something, I can like in my head read it and like not really believe it and kind of just be like I'm like giving a side eye right now. Like be like, oh, "Mm." yeah, you know, like like say you see it, but like you don't and you just keep moving on and you're like, yeah, I said my affirmations. okay, whatever. But if you have to say it out loud, like I've had my therapist tell me like, no, say this or like stop for a moment. Pause. Mm hmm. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like sometimes that'll like, you know, if it's therapy and I'm having trouble with it, that might actually make me cry because it's like forcing me yeah. to really think about something. And like sometimes accepting positive things about yourself does involve a reaction because that's you actually processing through like some past pain to get to that moment. So it's like, yeah. it's weird how powerful just saying something like, I am beautiful can be for someone who struggles with, you know, weight or, Mm -hmm. you know, like having, you know, food morality issues and stuff like that. Like that's something that's hard for me, but it helps. So I uh, agree with you in my own personal experience with a lot of that. Some of mine were, um, I don't believe it. We would say, I would set those affirmations on the side as like, this is a, a stepping stone of a goal that I would like. Mm -hmm. So then let's think about the things that we do believe in and then really build on those to make those really strong. Yes. Like the one, the one thing that I, I know I always knew deep down in my core, even at my worst mental state, both 
um, with trauma and or depression or any of my other things, I'm a funny guy. And that was my... You would tell me that. Mm-hmm. Yes. That that is, that is the one thing deep down in my heart that I know is true. And so... If I can I, confirm. If I, <laughs> if I didn't have anything else, I would go to that one. And then okay. I would then be able to branch and have more positive affirmations that I would then start to believe in. And then eventually the ones that were goals and stepping stones then became not like history, but like things I could look back and be like, I remember when I wanted to think this. Now I do. Now look at all of the other wonderful things that I believe in. I love that. Yeah. And you led into my next point. So. Oh, I slid right down into. slid right in. I I wish that people could see my (laughs) my pathetic mayonnaise chair dance right now. (laughs) So picking out something positive that counteracts specific negativity and intrusive thoughts in a current situation will provide the most benefit. Make a list of core values about yourself. Perhaps doing this if or when in a more positive mood can help with ensuring you will believe in it during a negative moment. So like, again, we talked about like mindset, right? Mindset and environment. Now, obviously, if you're already in a negative place and you're like, hey, I need this, do it. Also, though, if you're in a better place and you're like, oh, I don't need this, actually, that's the better time to do it. Because if you're someone, especially someone who does suffer from, let's say, cycles of depression um, or things that come back around mental health wise that are negative, that can, you know, deal with a lot of this and negative self-talk is if you put those positive things down about yourself that you truly believe in like the aspect about you're being funny Mm -hmm. if you're in a really dark place and you remind yourself of those things and that you thought those things at one point at one point like legitimately Mm -hmm. even when you're not necessarily believing in in that moment it kind of like revalidates yourself it's like you like giving yourself therapy right like it's like i need an unbiased opinion well like the most unbiased opinion is like can be actually you in a more positive moment yeah. to your more negative self. It's like you talking to yourself in the future when you're not in a good place. Right. So I think I think that's really good. And like it being like if you need to start with core values because maybe that's easier. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have well accepted that like, oh, I know, like I'm a funny person. Yeah. So, you know, writing that down can be really helpful because that like that's really deep down core, something that you truly believe in. And then you can build from that. And then as you build, it gets better, it gets easier. And Mm -hmm. yeah. If anybody out there doesn't think that they're actually a funny person, um, if you have a pet and you always put your pet's needs first, you're a good parent to a a domesticated animal that used to be wild. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I would, sometimes I would think, I wouldn't even believe the I'm funny part. It would be like, well, at least I'm a good dog dad. I still put forth some effort. I'm trying to like come up with some more that like hopefully something will help someone else catch one and be like, be like, oh, you know what? Like I'm a good brother or I'm a, I'm a good son. Yeah. Something that's like hits deep down because like, I think when people get into like really dark places, like I hate to say it, but saying that like saying that I have cool pink hair, I I, I hate to say it, but it's not going to help me if I'm in like a really dark place with depression, right? right? Like I need something that reminds that's, me that's of a like a tangible thing about you that can be changed. Yes, it's you need something that's unchanging, something that is like, again, a value and like deep personality trait that like, again, we're getting really deep here into like some issues that I didn't even think maybe we would, but I'm really happy that we are. But 
if you're in a very dark place with depression. And I think sometimes you need to be reminded of the connections that you have with other people. And so it's a value that connects you to other things. So like you said, like I'm a good uh, pet parent or Mm -hmm. like funny being funny affects and makes other people happy. Mm -hmm. So you're providing value to others when we're in a very dark place. Like you forget the value that you have with other people Uh in this world. And that that's the really hard part. So like having something like that, you know, just being a good parent, if you have children in general, you set a sibling being a good friend, you know, like being like, you know, if you've been there for other people, you know, in yeah. the last couple of years. Now, if you're so if you're so there for other people to the point where it's like, mm, I let people walk all over me. That's a boundary. Yeah. And that, that can be worked on. Right. Like, yeah. don't hate on yourself about it when you're in that dark place. No. But that could be a point to, to work on. Yeah. I know this isn't for everyone, but for those who do work in... Any line of work, have you been able to like maybe like other parts in your personal life aren't going well, but you've been making people happy in your line of work, right? Like Mm -hmm. other people happy. It doesn't have to be about saving lives or something. It could be literally you have a minimum wage retail job at Target. But even then it's a valid job. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So Mm -hmm. like I don't want to invalidate that is what I meant. Like you still put a smile on someone's face or like you help someone in a customer service role and they thanked you today. Like, have you been able to do that in the past year? Okay. I've been able to help people. So just make that into a bigger value. Like I help people. If that is something that is valuable to you. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like trying to find some other examples. I'm a good plant parent. (laughs) There you go. You know, providing the growth of, of greenery and green life because i know you're got looking a lot at my of, money tree i gotta like, i gotta replant him staring into at a all your container. plants that i love so much and something that spencer and i have gotten into as well but yeah basically like core values um and the only other thing i was gonna say is you know it's also not to deny reality so you know it's important to process through difficult times working through those negative feelings and emotions but affirmations should work hand in hand with acknowledging what you're dealing with and help you move through it. Great. Are we feeling good about it? I think so. All right, everybody. Well, that's all the time that we're going to have for today's episode. Thank you so much for sitting through part one. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. You'll hear from us next week. Uh, we love you so much. Love you guys. And this is us signing out. Bye. Bye. Next week on Typically Divergent Podcast. I became very afraid of the people that I loved the most. I became afraid of um, Heather. I became afraid of my brother and the trauma wanted me to isolate myself from everybody else. And I knew deep down in my heart that that was not right. My nervous system was really fucked up. um, And so I could not figure out if it was my gut feeling or if it was the negativity that was haunting me. Like I would start to think like, because I've experienced um, the multiverse I'm living in some sort of other reality that's like hell and like everybody around me is like in on this because that's what I believed that I was in before when really I was surrounded with a lot of people who loved me and I was safe and the trauma was not allowing me to think that.